Hello, creeps and ghouls. You're listening to Martell's Movie Madness with your host, Ryan Martell and Cagney Larkin. So grab your popcorn and try to survive the movie madness. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to Martell's Movie Madness. This is your host, as always, Ryan Martell, and I'm here by myself this week. Uh, at least on the intro. I do have a guest on this episode. Uh, if you're wondering why it's just me on this intro, and it's just me and a guest on the episode, uh, our co-host, as always, Cagney Larkin, is on the west coast he's out there in in in, in the good old he's in uh the good old city of la you know uh where the where the party is you know california love and all that shit um you know he's buying all kinds of legal weed i see him out there uh <laughs> but anyways this week on the show I do have a guest, like I said, and, and, and if you've been listening to this podcast, which hopefully at least somebody that's listening to this episode has listened before, I've been talking about this movie for so long, since I got cast in it, pretty much. Of course, I'm talking about Bad Girls, which means my guest is none other than Mr. Christopher Bickle himself, the writer and director of Bad Girls, director of... Uh, the Theta Girl and numerous local music videos and shorts. Uh, just an all-around good dude, sick, sick filmmaker, and a great creative mind. This is somebody I've been wanting to have on the podcast pretty much since I started it. When I started this podcast, I had in mind uh a few people that i wanted to eventually get on christopher bickle was one of them uh my good friends in uh the uh dirt candy productions crew were the others which i've had on uh my friend blair hoyle is another that i need to have on soon hopefully uh since he's moving back over here on the east side uh, but Christopher Bickle come on today. He was very gracious and sat with me, and we had a good little conversation. We talked a little bit about uh, we talked a little bit about exploitation movies, specifically some Herschel Gordon Lewis, uh, Elsa of uh, She Wolf of the SS. We talked about uh, Bad Girls and the Theta Girl, of course. We talked about specifically about my role in the Bad Girls movie. Um, we talked about the, what he wants to do next. We talked about, uh, in depth on, we got on scores and soundtracks, movies that he's, 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 he watched as a kid. That's what we got this week for you. We got Chris Bickle. I'm not going to do my what you watching. I am going to keep this intro pretty short so that the episode can just kind of be unto itself. Uh, I do have a pick of the week this week for you guys. Um, actually, I will do. I'll do a quick what you watching, just for the fans. 
uh, and I'll I'll talk about the rest. I'll talk about the movies again probably with Cagney once he's back. My pick of the week this week is the Town that Dreaded Sundown, the remake from I think 2007, 2008, somewhere in that area. Uh, either way, it's a uh, a very faithful and imaginative remake, sequel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it's a great one. Check it out. It's four out of five on the Martell scale. So that should tell you a little bit about it. And then I didn't watch too much else. I did my Friday the 13th marathon with all the commentaries. I watched Jason Rising on YouTube, which you can go check out now for free on YouTube. Uh, It's a three out of five. It's got some of the original cast from Friday the 13th franchise and a lot of cool effects and cool uh, costumes and makeup work. It's good old-fashioned fan film fun. Uh, So that's a three out of five. And of course, I did watch The Vice Academy 2 and 3, and I gave them both 2.5 out of 5. They are what they are. They're sleazy, cheesy, sex comedy cop movies. Uh, So, yeah, they're pretty fun. And then I watched The Bling Ring on Netflix because Bad Girls has been getting a lot of comparison to The Bling Ring. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Uh, classic uh, privileged people doing evil things and getting away with it uh, story so uh, definitely check that one out it's on Netflix I gave it a 4 out of 5 also so yeah that's my what you're watching this week I'm going to redo it with Cagney so that he can you know, put his input in if he's got any And, uh, that's it. Yep, that's what I got for y'all. So, without further ado, we're going to get into the interview with Mr. Christopher Bickle. Mike makes right, and we've got all the rights now. All right, we're here with, uh, Christopher Bickle, director of, director and writer of Bad Girls, director of The Theta Girl also, uh, Columbia, South Carolina's finest filmmaker, in my opinion. Uh, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, Thanks. So, um, what I like to ask everybody when they come on here first, uh, right off the gate, is what you've been watching. Most recently, I have revisited a couple of documentaries on the Sex Pistols, uh, which is probably my favorite band of all time. So, uh, Filth and the Fury by Julian Temple, and DOA Rite of Passage by Lech Kowalski. So that that's and, uh, and aside from those documentaries, I've been kind of watching a lot of uh, '80s uh, teen beach sex comedies. Oh yeah, like those uh, are good. Yeah, so, like Private Resort and Spring Break and uh, Hard Bodies stuff like that. I almost started watching Spring Break the other day, and I don't know why I changed it. I was like, I think I wanted to watch something like. I wanted to watch a summer horror movie. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to watch this right now. I don't want to laugh. I want to watch people die. Spring Break is, <clears throat> is pretty good uh, for the genre. And, uh, I, like, you know, with everything, you know, COVID-wise, uh, it's just it's kind of fun to watch a movie where people are just out having fun <laughs> with a lot of other people. Yeah, so, having that group camaraderie. Yeah, so you, you kind of... 
you kind of get some of that by proxy watching movies like that for sure um so another thing that I, I like to ask right off the gate is what is your earliest movie memory is it like uh, well I don't know I, you're you're I don't want to I don't want to sound insulting but you're a little bit older than me and Cagney for sure yeah and I think you might be the second oldest person I've interviewed for the okay. for the show so I don't know like uh, video rental was that like a thing when you were like a little kid no it, it wasn't that that came later uh, but my my earliest movie memory is is pretty vivid it's uh, seeing uh, Frankenstein the original Universal Frankenstein mm-hmm. on television we lived in Louisville Kentucky and and they had one of those um, like creature feature type uh, type shows I think it was called Fright Night was the actual name of it, and uh, and Frankenstein was on. We were at some family gathering, and I just remember going to the TV, and like I didn't want to have anything to do with the family. I just yeah. wanted to watch whatever this crazy thing was on TV, and, and so I was really into monsters like from then on. And that was I was probably like four years old or something like that at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always say that mine was the seeing Hocus Pocus in the theater uh, it was like three when it came out so mm-hmm. like i have no clue how i remember being there but it was just like a big thing for me yeah uh that and like one of the repeat showings of snow white and okay. seven dwarves yeah they played it at the lancaster the the crown cinema in lancaster yeah you know i never got into any of that disney stuff at all like you know it was it was around when i was a kid but uh i just never had an interest in it whatsoever so I don't know if that makes me weird or not, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it necessarily makes you weird because if I look at it, <clears throat> if I look at it now as like, would I watch these things voluntarily? Maybe not. Yeah. Um, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Maybe because it's kind of like that whole. It has that like campy Halloween teeny movie thing to it, so it's like that's in my wheelhouse. But like yeah. stuff like Snow White and. Uh, Cinderella, maybe Alice in Wonderland, yeah, because it's a little weird. Yeah, but you know, like the Snow Whites and Cinderellas and stuff like that, probably not. Um, the animal stuff, maybe, because mm-hmm. talking animals is always kind of an intriguing thing to people. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely from a young age always attracted to uh, anything that was that was kind of weird or. or, or and especially horror, like just from the get go, that was that was fascinating to me. I don't know what makes somebody like that. You yeah, that that at that young of an age, you can tell that oh, they're just really into into this stuff. I was always interested. I was always interested in it because I saw like box covers and posters and stuff, and like I would catch glimpses of things on TV every now and then. But I was always too scared to actually sit down and watch the, the horror movies. So, yeah. like, I didn't actually get into watching horror until I was a teenager. Okay. Which is, like, the prime time to really get yeah. into horror. Yeah, But, like, um, like you say, you got into it super early and were, yeah. like, always into it. I was, I was the right age to where once I, I started getting into my preteen years is right when the slasher 
stuff just boomed. Yeah. Like when all that opened up. Oh, that's great. So I remember we had gotten cable. We had just gotten cable. And I guess I was, I think I was around 11. Because I, th- I think it was 1980, well, maybe 10. Because I think it was 1981. And um, the first Friday the 13th was on HBO. And I watched that thing. Like it was, um, my parents were gone. And, and I was at home by myself, and I came on, and, and I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be watching it. I probably wasn't, but uh, I watched it anyway, and man, that just, like, scared the shit out of it. Like, this, the ending, where Jason comes up out of the water, like, holy shit, that was so terrifying. And uh, But I loved it so much, and I was, I was totally hooked. And uh, so there were other, you know, movies came on HBO then, uh, you know, The Burning, and uh, my bloody Valentine, that was like probably my favorite yeah. at the time. And uh, then the second Friday the Thirteenth came out, and then by the time the third one came out, which I think was eighty three, uh, I just I begged my mom like like please take me to go see yeah. this R rated movie, and uh, and she did, and for whatever God reason, bless and it was, yeah, and it was so cool because it was in three D in the theater, yeah. and uh, and the three D worked really well in the theater. Unlike any time I've ever tried to watch it, like yeah. like with the DVD the releases, releases, like it, it, ne- it never works. But uh, in the theater, it was badass, and uh, and so I've seen all of them theatrically since the third one. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was weird because I, I remember my mom, like I wasn't allowed to look at a titty, <laughs> and I, I, had to, I had to cover my eyes. If there was a titty, yeah. But like, as far as like people getting stabbed in the eye no and shit, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. no big deal. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that is like a, a thing with people. They they don't they don't want kids seeing nudity, but you know, we, I, I use this as an example when I talk about this all the time. I watched Hatchet with my uh, she was at the time four year old uh, cousin mm-hmm. and. Her, her parents were her mom was like cover your eyes because there was some titties on the screen but like two minutes later he's ripping a dude's head in half by the jaw mm-hmm. and like that's cool that's okay yeah that that just, <clears throat> that just seems like a really american attitude towards and it's things. like it's their 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 body like it was a like it's a little girl so like her body's gonna look like that one day like she's gonna have that anatomy uh-huh so you're telling them off the gate that there's something inherently yeah, dirty that's, about that's their body dirty dirty titties. just so fucking so many <laughs> so many issues yeah all in one yeah and that is definitely something that is uniquely american i believe because yeah. it's like we we put sexuality onto nudity off the gate yeah whether in the context it is or not so um so we kind of just jumped into my my uh, questions. We didn't really talk about uh, Theta Girl or Bad Girls yet. Uh, I've been talking about Bad Girls on the podcast since I got cast. So my my, my audience has at least heard the name Bad Girls. But um, do you want to tell us a little bit about Bad Girls in your words? Uh, I don't know. It's just a <clears throat> it's just a low budget movie that's hopefully fun. You know, uh, if if you if you like. Watching uh, crazy low-budget grindhouse movies, I, I think it's a good evening's entertainment. I've seen a lot of the the Letterboxd reviews are comparing it to Bling Ring. 
I've the seen, A24 movie? I've, I've seen a few of those, and I've never seen that movie, so I have no idea. Well, I recently watched it because I was like, it, I was kind of, uh, you know, intrigued. I was like, well, they keep comparing Bad Girls to this movie, so I'm going to check it out and see what the if there's basis for the comparison. I think it's a fair-ish comparison. It is kind of like okay. a, uh, you know, girls, young girls doing bad things that they shouldn't be doing, but kind of almost becoming, like, anti-heroes in the eyes of the public at the mm. end of the movie. Okay. So it's like... I can see a similar Yeah, it's a very there. similar theme. Okay. So, but I wouldn't say it's like... It wouldn't be... It's not like anybody would ever say that you ripped the movie off. Uh-huh. Because it's not, like, close enough. I'm glad, because I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's like uh, like Midsummer. People were talking about Ari Aster just ripped off. I mean, it, it, it is kind of a rip-off of The Wicker Man. But, like, he claims he's never seen The Wicker Man. So yeah. it's like one of those things where there's so much stuff out there yeah. that's been done. You know, everything's been done. So it's bound to happen that two things are going to be similar. Sure, you know, yeah. Especially to, like, at least the degree of Bling Ring and Bad Girls, because it's, like, a very surface-level similarity. Okay. Uh, I definitely think Bad Girls executes the premise of, like, these uh, delinquent young women uh, just being badasses uh-huh. better. Because the, the Bling Ring, they kind of are, like, they're like robbing celebrities. Okay. And like, that's cool, but it just doesn't have the badassness to it that uh, blowing a Nazi's head off with a shotgun does. <laughs> <clears throat> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Bad Girls yet and you've been listening to this podcast, you're like uh, one of the six people to listen. Uh, you can watch it at badgirlsmovie.com, right? Yeah. And uh, there's a Vimeo, or, yeah, Vimeo, right? Yeah, yeah. Vimeo on-demand thing, so just type in Bad Girls. I'm sure it'll pop up. Or Bad Girls 2021, and it'll pop up. Yeah. Um, and then the Theta Girl is kind of like, they have kind of a, a shared universe, right? Yeah, yeah, they, I think they definitely take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Theta Girl is more of a sort of psychedelic... Uh, action movie. Yeah, it's, it, it's got some horror, some revenge. Yeah, it's definitely got a little bit of a more fantastical vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love both of them, and, and and when I watched when I first watched Theta Girl, it was right after it came out on the Blu-ray because I had uh, purchased the Blu-ray shortly after it came out. Shortly after you had the release party at uh, Papa Jazz. Okay, and. Because I had wanted to see the the premiere mm-hmm. at, your, at the theater, but I ended up having to work that whole entire weekend. Uh. <clears throat> so I was like, I'm going to buy this Blu-ray and watch this movie, and it's going to be awesome. Because I had it in my head already that it was going to be great, because the, the trailer was so good. And <clears throat> when I put it in, and I started watching it, and I was like, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> this is just... This is what I want movies to be like more often. Uh-huh. Just the energy, and I think that the uh, the visuals of it were very 
um, catching to me. Cool. And the soundtrack, of course, uh, for both of these movies, fantastic. Oh, thanks. Um, you don't hear a lot of like power violence grind grindcore music in movies, but like you use in the uh, <clears throat> it's your old your old band in uh, in in humanity, right? Yeah. And uh, that's just it's so good. It works so well with the sequence at the beginning. And I know I'm just kissing your ass right now. Nah. Um, nah. I'm 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 glad you liked them, and, and I'm I'm glad that that other people have too. Like it's 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 been pleasant because both of them, you know, I, I I consider both of them to be like learning experiences, just trying to figure out how to how to do it, how to make a movie, and uh, so the reaction so far has been really positive, and you know, hopefully I can keep rolling with it and. Get some more stuff going. Yeah, me too, man. I really, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever you do next, or uh, being in whatever you do next. Cause, yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, because because if anybody doesn't know that's that's listening, you are you play one of the most beloved characters <laughs> of Bad Girls. That that everybody just just loves that character so much, Bill. I'm so glad that people love the character because, like, I was so nervous that it was just going to come across as, like, just hokey, uh-huh. that I wasn't going to be good. But, like, you know, watching it and, and removing myself from it, it's like, you know, if it was anybody else, I would be like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a character I like yeah, and I, I want more of. I, th- I think it, it, it works. And, and, and because there's this, the, the, you're seeing... You know, it starts out you're supposed to look really, you know, scary, mm-hmm. like you're about to just like wreck shit. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's sort of a twist there, not to give anything away, but but then like the twist is so endearing that everyone's like, like, oh. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, I actually was I was watching the like blooper reel the other day, and there's there's just one part with me in it, and I was like, this has got to be like like one of the first couple of takes because I think I, I was like I knew my lines mm-hmm. so I was like killing it killing it killing it but you were like uh, you wanted different deliveries on certain things mm-hmm. so I, and I wasn't like nailing that every time but like uh, it's the, the, the Fred Flintstone line the infamous Fred Flintstone line uh-huh. and uh, how quickly I snapped back from being like laughing to like the uh the the menacing stare it was just hilarious yeah to me. And that's and that's the only reason i think that i i included that just because i liked yeah. just how quick that that went through that was yeah that was fun it was so good um lots of fun stuff in those bloopers too <laughs> yeah poor, poor paul talbot yeah i wasn't gonna say it but <laughs> and, and and you know i i, I love him to mm. death and, and i and I don't know if he was real happy that I included all that stuff, but uh, I mean, to me, it was just so funny. Like it, it just it had to it had to come out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't think it makes him look unprofessional if that's like the worry he has. No, and and the thing that doesn't come along with that the explanation is that it was just a really high pressure situation we were under when we filmed. And uh, nothing was as we thought it was going to be when we went into it. And we had the space that we had a very, very limited time in. And 
there was supposed to be an empty space, but like just off camera, there's like 20 drunk bikers that had been drinking all night and, and doing coke all night, <laughs> I assume. And um, this one bartender was, was trying to keep them quiet uh, in between takes. So it was really kind of a, a high-pressure deal there. And, uh, and I think that that sort of just caused his brain to fart. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I imagine that would be kind of... Uh nerve-wracking yeah you know, cause, you're, cause you're expecting a closed set with just the crew and cast there and yeah then you've kind of got you're putting on a performance basically yeah and, and we already knew that we had a very limited amount of time to get all of the, the shots that we needed to get and then that just like made it so much worse mm. because because then it's it's not just like trying to control you know the actors and the and the lights and the camera but trying to control like 20 bikers who have been like up all night drinking oh, yeah. so yeah. so it was it was really a weird situation and and i think that that just sort of threw him off a little bit and i mean honestly in the the finished products it's it's great so you know it took him a minute and but you, you guys got it yeah so that's we ended up uh b- because it was so disjointed with having to do all those takes we ended up cutting out like half of that scene because it just didn't like cut together well and in the end it was actually like great that that we cut half of the scene because it just it made the movie move faster where it needed to so it was a blessing in disguise it it was you know sometimes you're like shit like this thing is all fucked up and then you massage it a little bit and you're like oh no it's this is the best possible ending, mm-hmm. and then there's the, uh, the 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 rain moss after rain uh, citrus and baby lamb chops yeah line that you said came from uh, Devo the guy from Devo yeah so that supposedly uh, something that uh, Gerald Casali from Devo uh, said to this girl like I was on this message board like, yeah. like many years ago and 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 this. This girl was on the board, like, her friend had started dating uh, Jerry Casale, and it was, it was definitely a, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you call those, those relationships where one person's real old? <laughs> is that, like, a, a May-December relationship? What, do you, what is that called? I don't know. Anyway, uh, uh, he, he was dating this, this, like, girl much younger than him, and, uh, and on one of their dates, he explained the three flavors of a woman, and uh, and I just thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard, and and it stuck with me like for, I mean I, that probably I probably heard that like twenty years ago, mm. and I've just been thinking about it for twenty years. It's so good. It's <laughs> it's such a d- d- delightfully creepy line. <laughs> yeah, right. For any character to say, <laughs> and the fact that our two. Uh, probably creepiest characters are are just both be, without knowing each other yeah saying this, this Spouting thing. It off as if it's just common knowledge yeah, it's everybody knows, that everybody knows. knows. Yeah. and uh it's just amazing it's so good that's uh one of my favorite things from the movie is that yeah me too and uh i was kind of bummed because we were um 
when we when uh, we were doing the uh, table read, the circle read, uh-huh. uh, the line I listened to the commentary. There's the line from the story about the panties, the cummy panties line. Uh-huh. I agree with you. Like that should have been that. That's a better line, the cummy yeah. panties. But I understand. Like, I guess I get why she didn't want to say it. Probably. Yeah. Um, it, it does come across a little lowbrow, but in the in the context, it's like. Well, I think Perfect. That, I think that character needed to be, you know, kind yeah, of kind of sleazy. Yeah, and 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 she just didn't want to do it, and I wasn't really in a position to push it, mm. you know. And she was great for the role too. Well, so. yeah, and that's why I didn't push it because it's like I'm not going to lose like this great, you know, like actress that that also just has like all this charisma and and screen presence, like because I'm just insistent that. You know, she say cummy panties, or, or or that I'm insistent that she uh, take a shit in one scene. <laughs> so I let I let some of that stuff go. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the main thing with this with uh with super low budget uh, filmmaking is you have to learn what to to let go of. Yeah, what well, needs to be fought for. Yeah, I mean, if this was a Hollywood movie and you know she was getting paid you know, $500,000 for her role. And it's like, like like you're going to do every bit of dialogue that's in that script. Everything Mm -hmm. I say, you're going to do it. But it's like, I'm paying you $50 a day and and a peanut butter sandwich. (laughs) Uh, I I can't really uh, force you to do anything. We got really lucky with uh, the Martell's movie, Madness movie, because like, nobody really said they weren't gonna there was nothing that people were like i'm not doing that except for uh the guy who got the dog shit dumped on him Uh he didn't want to be uh he didn't want to show we wanted him to be full frontal okay and he didn't want to show his package yeah so we, we compromised and did the hands over the junk uh position and i was like god it would be so much funnier just to see him hang in there yeah but we even offered to make a merkin with like a fake dick and he didn't and he, he wouldn't do it either. yeah it's just like oh well uh, you win some you lose some but yeah. you you got the fun we did get the the good ass shot from him so you know that's the only nudity in the movie we wanted to have uh when we first set out to write the movie we, we wanted to have a kill every so often and nudity every so often yeah and we ended up with one kill and one nudity. <laughs> well, there was a couple other kills, but they were uh, later on. They were kind of a little more spread out in the movie than we wanted them. Yeah. Which then again, we got it's only thirty nine minutes, I think. So, you know, and we kill two satanic cult members twice and a puppet uh-huh. and, uh, and the guy at the beginning. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, what 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 more could you ask for a, a movie that short? Really? Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I certainly wasn't disappointed by it. Well, thank you. That means a lot because I'm a, I uh, admire you a lot as a filmmaker. Oh, thanks. And you're very inspirational to me as a filmmaker. So, thank you. Well, cool. I yeah. appreciate that a lot. I can't wait to see what you do next. Hopefully, it's Bounce House Massacre. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I know I'm definitely the the big project for our team right now as Martell's Movie Madness the brand is uh Cagney is the, he's the, the um 
he's the AD and, and director of photography on uh, the Mom and Pop doc. Yeah. Which is, uh, they're in L.A. right now. That's why I'm not, that's why I didn't do a regular episode this week and I had to have an interview. Is because he's in L.A. shooting stuff for the uh, the documentary, which is going to be crazy. I don't know if they've reached out to you to try to get you on there. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch it to them soon because I think they need a couple more interviews. They were trying to get Charles Band from mm-hmm. uh, Full Moon. Yeah. And, like, they couldn't get, they could never get his, his people to respond to him. So I guess it's like, he's, like, working on his own documentary. Okay. Or something like that, and he doesn't want to be a part of it or whatever. There's no, like, real, t- so allegedly, I'll say allegedly, because he's, like, uh, he was the main reason they wanted to go to L.A. to begin with. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't exactly know who they're interviewing now out there, but they've got a few people. They've got some filmmakers and, like, uh, video store owners, I think, lined up out there. I think they're interviewing James Balsamo. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, his line of work. That name sounds real familiar. <clears throat> oh, he's, he's, a, he's a director, and he does, like... Um... I want to say his movies are probably even cheaper than yours. Oh wow! That's, so that's bottom of the barrel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're they're entertaining for sure, but they're okay. definitely low low brow and low low budget. I feel like, like I must have seen one because that name sounds really familiar to me. Yeah, he's got a bunch. So, okay. uh, and he gets these he gets stars in them too. Like uh, his newest one he's working on has got Andy Dick in it. Okay, wow. And, like, uh, he shoots a lot at conventions. Okay. So that's how he gets a lot of these uh, these horror icons to be in his movies, because they're already there. Yeah. And, like, he's asking for maybe ten minutes of shoot time from them, so uh, it's easy to get it. I'm actually... I actually die in the one that's Andy, that Andy Dick's in. Wow, that's I, awesome. He sells... He sells people uh, debts in his movies. Okay. At his, at his uh, booth at conventions. Okay. So Man, that's a way to do it. Wow. Yeah, he, he he's a genius for that's, that's for no other smart. reason than he knows how to market himself yeah. and uh he's pumping out shit yeah. all the time. Like he his IMDb is crazy because he's got like a, a hundred and something credits as like a director and like he's got acting credits, producer credits, all this stuff too. So it's like uh, that's uh it's another th- like aspiration of mine to just kind of have a body of work that's just so big. Whether any of it's any good or not, just yeah. to have so much that people can just be like, "That dude made a lot of movies." Yeah. Even if they say after that that they were all shit, but like <laughs> he did it. And he made yeah. a lot of movies. Hopefully, they won't say they were all shit. But you know, well, there's got to be one good one in there. For sure, if I if I if I make ten movies, at least one's got to be good. Yeah, right. Um, you don't have to worry about that because you've made two, and they're both fantastic. So, um, well, I'm glad you think so. I'm not, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. I know there's some that that don't get it or don't like it. Or yeah. well, I didn't make it for them. Claim they didn't like it, but liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get That's that the too. most insane thing about it. It's like you read the review, and it's like. Uh, I didn't really like this movie, but, uh, you know, it kept me entertained, and I laughed a lot through it. One star. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a really good time. <laughs> but you, you just said were, that the movie did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, you were real mad at yourself that you enjoyed it. Yeah. That is that is the insanity of 
the modern film audience, yeah. I feel like. Well, I, I think, you know, for people who consider themselves, you know, cinephiles, a movie like Bad Girls, I, like, they just think, like, oh, well, that's that's trash. Like, that's, you know, no no real thought went into that. It's like, well, you know, you can think that, but, you know, I think some thought went into it, but, but mainly, I just, I want you to have a good time watching it. And so, for, for someone to say that, that it was trash, but but they laughed all the way through it, yeah. it's like, well, then just admit you liked it. Yeah, that's the purpose of the movie, <laughs> is just to entertain you. Yeah. And it does that, I think. It does that for me. Uh, I'm, Cagney loved it, too. And everybody that I've talked to about it, that have seen it, have, have enjoyed it. Um, I just wish I, I wish I had more of my circle that had seen it they, mm-hmm. they they're like for whatever reason they're not watching it, i guess because you have to pay to watch it yeah and i'm just like well it'll, it'll eventually slip out there into the ether for free <laughs> i mean theta girls out there so um bad yeah girls get out there I, I actually when we screened theta girl at uh at the sylvia that time i actually thought that we were gonna have to pirate it yeah just get to, it to, to get watch to screen it yeah because me and you both had a blu-ray copy we were bringing and the uh the laptop that they used to for the projector at the theater don't wouldn't play blu-rays yeah. after a certain year yeah um and i was like oh god we're gonna have to fucking steal this movie to, <laughs> to show it on the screen well that's one way to do it but it, it, thankfully, you ended up having a copy of yeah. it on your uh, Google Drive. Yeah. So we ended up I wasn't sure that to. I was going to be able to get to that from my phone, but you know, we live in a magical time. So yes, I was able to to get it. Could you imagine phone. if we were like, if there was like a problem with film reels that we had? Oh Jesus! There'd be no way to fix it. We'd yeah. just be screwed. Yeah, we'd be showing half a movie. Yeah, mm, that was a good. Uh, well, I mean. It was a de- it was one of my my better turnouts for the Sylvia screenings. Um, that was that was fun. There was it was some couple there that that really seemed to like it. Yeah, they enjoyed it a lot. Um, they had actually told us before, or I think after, maybe I don't know, uh, that they had met at that theater. Yeah, like fifty years before. Yeah, they and, they, they came back there for their anniversary. Yeah, it was insane. That was a kind of. Uh, Happenstance <laughs> kind of thing. You yeah. came back for your anniversary and you had to watch the Theta Girl. Yep. But they, they enjoyed it. Well, they, uh, at least they, they didn't come, the, at least it wasn't the next week because they would have been watching uh, Jason X then. So. Okay. <laughs> well, you know. Jason X has, has some fans. Oh, I, I'm definitely in the camp that says it's not the worst Friday the 13th. It, it's. <laughs> it, it might be the, the second worst, <laughs> but it's not the worst worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I, I don't, I don't remember my exact ranking right now, but it was low. Uh-huh. It definitely wasn't like in the top half of the the twelve movies. But uh, Jason Goes to Hell is definitely my bottom pick. Yeah, man, that's a turd. It is just not. It, 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 it's not that it's not good as its own thing, mm. which like it it has just this ridiculousness to it that I enjoy about it. Uh-huh. But 
in the context of the entire franchise, it's definitely the stinker for yeah, me. It, it really is. For sure. I, I feel like at some point with that series, they just were finding these directors, you know, these young directors at Paramount that uh, Paramount was like, okay, you, you want a job with us? You got you to gotta make a Friday the 13th movie. And then the, the director's <laughs> like, well, I don't really want to make a Friday the 13th movie, but I want to make Carrie. And so then I'll just make Friday the 13th into Carrie. And it's like, oh, man, that's a terrible idea. And, uh, and then that's how you end up with stuff like that. And it's just, just make a Friday the 13th movie. Like, that's what people, like, I don't go to see Friday the 13th to see Carrie. You know, I, like, I, wanna, I just want to see a guy in a hockey mask kill teenagers. Like, just just give me that. I, I hadn't seen the remake until a couple of days ago. And I just not, never got around to it. And um, I liked it a lot. Like, I thought I was going to hate it. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, this is going to suck. But, that, but man, I liked it because it was a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, it didn't try to be anything else. No, it, it was just Jason killing teenagers, yep. as it should be. And uh, that's it's. Uh, I, I think I was. I think I told you that it was when you were talking about having not seen it before. Mm-hmm. I think I was one of the people who commented on there and was like, "Yeah, you need to watch it. It's yeah, good." I, and I and I did. I liked it quite a bit. It's it's number five in my ranking. Yeah. of uh, of all of them. It's uh, it's up there in mine, and uh, it's definitely my favorite Platinum Dunes remake yeah. from that era. Yeah, because like it's just the best. It's, yeah. it, it combines the first three movies. It it does what it needs to do. It gives All the you, kills are great. Yep, it gives you everything that you could expect from a Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, and then it modernizes it for that audience, and it's just like wonderful. Yeah, it was it was brutal too. Like I mean, it's it it was. Pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, those kills were insane. Yeah, and then it gives me that uh, that wonderful gif I can send to to anybody that ever sends me nudes. Your tits are stupendous uh-huh. from that scene, and yeah. it's just like that's probably why I don't get a lot of dates. But it's funny to me. Yeah. So that's all that really matters. I take the 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 Andy Kaufman approach to comedy. If I laugh at it, it's funny. Yeah, so, right. Uh, and the. Yeah, the Friday the 13th remake is definitely the best Platinum Dunes remake, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't remember if the Black Christmas was Platinum Dunes or not, but I think it's definitely a more underrated remake. I know that uh, Black Christmas is your favorite slasher, That's right? my favorite slasher. I, I did not care for for the remake. The 2006 one? Yeah, and I, I haven't even seen the uh, the other remake. It. It's it's different. It's something that that that's something I can say about these remakes is they really should have just been named something else. Yeah, because they're not the they're not the original movie right. at all. Like there's no that was a, my my issue with Dawn of the Dead, which a lot of people love the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and and like I saw it in the theater and I thought, man, I would love this if if it was called something other than dawn of the dead because <laughs> i'm comparing it yeah. to one of the greatest movies ever made and and it's just it, it doesn't hold up like like it, it doesn't have like the same uh depth and 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 weight and and allegories that the original has 
Um, but if it was just called Zombies Attack the Mall, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, this shit is awesome. This is so badass. Well, those first three of the Dead movies are just like just, uh, solid classics. Yeah, to me, untouchable. It's, For sure. That's just uh, absolute, absolute masterpieces, all three of them. They're the best. They're they're the 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 measuring stick that I use for zombie movies. Yeah, sure. Honestly, and um, <clears throat> at least like on the serious end of things, uh, when you get to the more campy end, it's, it's Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same vein, mm-hmm. but uh, that's definitely the like pinnacle of like your zombie, your campy zombie movie. Yeah. And then you, of course, got, like, Shaun of the Dead, and, uh, I don't know if you've seen Night of the Living Deb. No, I haven't. Oh, God, it's funny. Okay. It's hilarious. Okay. Um, and then there's Life After Beth, with, uh, Aubrey Plaza in it. Yeah, That's kind of it. a, it's, it's sort of a, like, comedy zombie movie. I mean, she's a reanimated corpse, but, like, I don't know, it's, it's a little... A little bit of a gray area there for that one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a w- really worth a watch for sure. Okay. Uh, so we talked briefly about the score for Bad Girls earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and the soundtrack. What What are some of your favorite uh, soundtracks or scores? My f- favorite soundtrack of all time is, is The Shining. And so that's not really a score because... Aside from the Wendy Carlos composition, all of the the pieces that are on that just, I think, came out of Stanley Kubrick's record collection. He was just like picking mm. classical pieces that he that he liked, but that music is so effective. And I got that soundtrack when I was fairly young, and uh, just loved it so much. And it led me to explore a lot of music. Like it opened my world up to uh, stuff like Penderecki and Bartok and uh, Ligeti and all these like 20th century classical composers. So it introduced me to just a lot of music that I really love and and just that score. So soundtrack is so effective. As far as scores go, I think my favorite movie score, and I, I gather, I mean, there's so many things I could name, like, you know, all the Goblin stuff and all that, but... Uh, the one that I go back to over and over again is a more recent one, relatively more recent, is um, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Have you ever seen that? Yes. It's been a while. Yeah, it's the same guy that it. made Mandy. Yeah. It was his first film. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack to that is just fucking phenomenal. It's just, it's electronic, and it's just, it's so good. Yeah, I do remember... Uh enjoying that music a lot and then uh, on first view i remember i remember liking it more than mandy mm-hmm. uh i haven't watched i haven't rewatched it yet so it's been a couple years since i've watched that one but on second watch i've I, I actually grew to enjoy mandy a lot more yeah i've i've seen mandy twice and i wanted to i wanted to love it and then i i just i kind of like it okay yeah. Uh, there, there's just lots of little issues I, I have with it that I won't go into. But the part of the problem is that I was such a huge fan of Beyond the Black Rainbow 
that it got my hopes up yeah. for Mandy, and then Mandy just wasn't what I thought it was going to be, maybe, and uh, I think it's kind of long. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it could have been 30 minutes shorter. I like Nicolas Cage in it. I, I like Nicolas Cage when he does that thing he yeah. does, but um, but yeah, I, I just thought a lot of it was a little too hokey for me. I can see that. I, I definitely had like this uh, hype built in my head because mm-hmm. everybody was telling me how great it was and it was the most amazing movie of the year so far. And then it ended up, uh, I think I, I watched it when it came to Shudder, mm-hmm. I, th- I believe was the first time I watched it. So it had been out a while at that point, maybe seven, eight months. And everybody was just going on and on about how beautiful it was and how good the movie was. And I was just like, did you guys watch the same movie as me? Mm-hmm. Like, the visuals it, themselves are very good. Yeah, I, I don't have any... I agree completely with everybody on that. It, it looks very good. Yeah. But to me, where it lacks is just the plot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It, it, and I get it, it's, it's, it's a simple revenge movie. But... It took, like you said, it took way too long to get to where it was going. Yeah. And I feel like there were parts of that that just could have been completely gone from the movie. Yeah. Um, like the, the whole Cheddar Goblin thing. Like, I, I get that's funny to everybody, but, like, was it necessary? Yeah, no. It, Not it at wasn't. all. And, and, you know, again, <clears throat> it's, it's like, I liked it okay. I, <clears throat> and, but, I, but I feel like that's such an unpopular opinion <laughs> it is people get uh kind of offended when you tell them you don't really you don't love it yeah like you're supposed to just adore it it's just like i it's all right yeah so it's, it's a good movie like i bought it on blu-ray so yeah obviously i enjoyed it a little bit uh i waited until it was five bucks to buy it but uh-huh. still <laughs> um uh, uh, nicholas cage while we're on that, I just want to say, have you seen Willy's Wonderland yet? Not yet. Oh, man. So good. Okay. So fun. It's like a... It's almost a reverse slasher because... Well, it's a, it's a slasher and a reverse slasher at the same time because... It's like a possessed Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. So all the animatronics are coming alive and uh, they're killing these teens and like Nicolas Cage is kind of like they're... He's like the slasher of the slashers. Okay, I so he's you. like trying to kill the machines, and he doesn't say a word the entire movie. Interesting. It's all body acting from Nicolas Cage, okay. and he has this kind of routine that he does every so often in the movie, and it's just okay. It's, it's an interesting one, all right. for sure. It, I'm not going to hype it up too much because it's not like it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. But it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, oh, let me look at my my questions because I'm kind of at a. Let's see. Okay, so do you remember the first movie you saw in theaters? Um, kind of. Like I, I know that I got dragged along to a drive-in to see A Star Is Born. And I remember my mom taking me to see this movie called Fatso with Dom DeLuise. 
that I that I remember not liking. But the first movie that I remember going to see that in the theater that I just loved was Star Wars. That was the the movie that just like you know changed everything. And so I, I was like just so hyped on that and um went back to see it uh several times when I was like, I had a cool uncle that uh yeah. that took me to see it. Cool uncles are always the best. Yeah. For so, sure. So that was that was for me like really the <clears throat> the first movie that I remember going to see and just being like, This is the shit. <laughs> Hell yes. Uh, the, the the first one, right? The, yeah. the New Hope. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up. That that's that original trilogy, like to this day, is still some of the better movies. Like uh, as far as like the fa- fantasy action movies oh, go. Yeah, for sure. Just insane for that time period to be that that good. The effects and everything. Yeah, there was there was nothing like it. So good. Uh, while we're on, well, speaking of cool uncles. I had a cool uncle too, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe I was like ten, maybe eleven, watching like Spike Lee movies and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like those are not movies that eleven-year-olds should be watching. Uh, especially he got game. Uh-huh. That was I was like nine when it came out, so like I was probably ten when by the time it hit uh, home video, which is how I watched it. We got it from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. and then like Summer of Sam and all those movies. What are, what are some movies you watched as a kid that you definitely shouldn't have been watching as, at your age? Well, definitely Friday the 13th that I mentioned earlier. Um, a few years after that, uh, after uh, like VHS came out and I was able to go rent stuff, um, I Spit on Your Grave, I saw when I was definitely... Uh, too young to uh, be understanding it completely, <laughs> and um, man, the movie that really like like flipped my shit was Ilsa She Wolf of the SS, and I saw it, it was in the horror section, and uh, so I rented it, and uh, it was just like the sleaziest fucking movie, and uh, I think you know at first I'm just like oh hey there's there's boobs in this. But yeah. uh, but then uh, it just it really just like grabbed me and 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 I, I liked the idea of the storytelling where there was just something uh, no pun intended titillating uh, <laughs> like every five minutes whether it was it was nudity or like like violence or gore or just some weird thing happening and. Uh, so I became kind of obsessed with that movie. Um, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like 15 or something uh, when I saw that. That's awesome. You uh, you get to meet the lead from that, right? Yeah, yeah, Diane Thorne. Uh, I got really lucky. Uh, Paul Talbot, who we talked about earlier, and I, we went to this convention in Florida that uh, it was the first year they'd ever done this convention, and and it wasn't a horror convention. It was like kind of a drive-in movie, like grindhouse kind of convention. And for whatever reason, I guess they didn't promote it very well. Uh, nobody showed up, 
like like it was so like yeah so, I like, think I remember you talking about this on, yeah uh, it was so before. poorly attended uh, but the guests they had were incredible it was like Pam Greer and Black Belt Jones and Mink Stoll was there and um, so Diane Thorne was there uh Geez, like, like who else? Uh, it, there was a couple people from the Warriors. A couple of the leads from the Warriors were there. Uh, just all... Uh, uh, oh, uh, the star of uh, I Spit on Your Grave, um, Camille Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Was there. I almost said Diane Keaton, but that's the yeah, wrong Yeah, yeah. Um, Lynn Lowry was there. Uh, I mean, it was, it was incredible, the guests they had. And no one showed up. So we're there for like three days and um, the guests are just like sitting at their tables with nothing to do. Yeah. There's no lines. So so every one of them, you just get to talk to them for like Mink Stoll. Like I, I think I talked to for like an hour. Oh, I bet she's great. She I'd, awesome. I'd love to meet Mink Stoll. I mean, we were just like having a conversation about stuff she was like asking me where i worked and, and things like that and i was like this is really weird and cool i ended up like drinking with sid haig and um john amplis and uh one of the guys from day of the dead um i can't remember his name now it wasn't Rhodes. it was uh one of the other army guys but anyway like like we just like all drank together and uh but diane thorne who i just have been obsessed with my entire life. Yeah. Was there with her husband and I like I ended up talking to them for hours and uh she used to send me a Christmas card every year like nice. after that and uh until she passed away. But uh yeah, it was it was really amazing. Just it, it just imagine like going to the coolest convention you could go to and then like nobody's there. Yeah, there's like five people. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was awesome. It was bad for the People that put the convention on, they yeah. lost a shitload of money. Uh, I felt terrible for them, but uh, but it was cool for us. So, yeah, it was good for the fans that were the ones that people that were there. Yeah, so, yeah, that sounds incredible yeah. uh, for for as the fan. Obviously, God, that poor promoter, he probably never did another oh, thing I'm, ever I'm, I'm again. I'm sure he like completely <clears throat> lost his shirt on that, but it was a. Uh, it was pretty magical. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, I think we actually met for the first time at a convention, didn't we? We ever meet before? Uh, it's possible. Was it at Mad Monster? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think we briefly spoke to each other at okay. Mad Monster one time. Okay. And then I actually officially met you at, like, I think the table read for Sister Vengeance was the first okay. time we actually had a conversation more than just a you know hey what's up yeah kind of thing which was uh really cool i was really stoked about sister vengeance to be honest like that script was yeah. pretty awesome yeah um hopefully you still get to make that one day sometime in the future yeah, it's 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 there on the shelf and uh i i would want to rewrite it uh get together with shane Silman. we wrote it together uh get together with him and and rewrite it. There's some things that, that I think could be better about it, but uh, that would be a, a fun movie to make eventually. 
For sure. I'd want to have a bigger budget for it, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. It's it's kind of an ambitious uh, project, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was probably too ambitious uh, for what we were trying to do at the time. So it, it it's probably good that it worked out that we didn't do it. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We had a, we, I think we had a pretty good uh, cast going for yeah, it. Yeah. And, you know, you have, you have a very, uh, you have a gumption about you to, to get things done and get them done well, I feel like. So I feel like you probably would have done something, something good with it for yeah, sure. I mean, but it, it may be, you know, like you said, it may be for the best for, for you to have had time to kind of build more of an audience which theta girl had like this uh this rumbling to it and then obviously that transferred over into bad girls and then bad girls is getting even bigger more attention i feel like than theta girl even did yeah so you know moving forward you're just gonna keep expanding hopefully and getting to a wider group of these genre fans yeah and and I think that I, you know, I said this before, but I really want to do a horror movie next. And uh, one of the reasons why I want to do a horror movie next is because I I feel like I I've been able to to build a little bit of an audience to this point. But um, it's just so much easier with a horror movie. It's like the th- the big thing I ran into with Bad Girls is because it's not a horror movie just finding people to write about it. Yeah. Because there's like, if you have a horror movie, there's 10,000 horror blogs that you can send it to with people who are like passionate about shit and they're mm. going to like write about it and if they like it, they're going to hype it up. But if you have a road movie, there's no, there's no blogs for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's, like, there's not, even if you go as far as just to say action in general... Uh-huh. There's not as many outlets as there is for horror, yeah. for sure. So, horror is my favorite genre to begin with, but because uh, it's just so much easier to promote a horror movie and build an audience, like, I for sure want the next one to be horror, and I want it to be, like, really fucking scary. Just, yeah. you know, something that, something that, like, people will talk about afterwards is, is, is either just being, like, over-the-top disgusting or or terrifying in some way nice um you kind of mentioned gore earlier when we were talking about uh uh isla the she wolf of the ss Mm -hmm. that's the title right ilsa yeah ilsa okay sorry uh how do you feel about herschel gordon lewis Oh, I love Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I I really got into that stuff uh, when I was in high school because it all came out on on video, and uh, and the boxes were cool. They were Is like this the something weird videos. No, this was before something weird. They all came out, um, I think, on Continental Video, mm. and they they had the the giant big boxes, and uh, and that like at that time you sort of figured out that like the bigger the box the the more fucked up the movie was gonna be yeah. <laughs> so i would rent anything with a giant box and um and so uh, man those boxes were cool for like uh blood feast and 2000 maniacs especially and uh 
I just, I just, I totally got off on those those two movies, even even in spite of the fact that like they're really cheap and amateurish. Uh, I, to me, that was part of the appeal, and uh, I just thought this is this is, just looks like some people like went and made a movie and had fun yeah. doing it. Yeah, and, and I've really really dug that. So, so yeah, I I was really into him. Um, you know, back in the eighties. Just really thought his stuff was cool and had been inspired by it ever since. Uh, yeah, I kind of I, I, I get the I give the comparison to myself all the time in uh, in Bad Girls that face I'm making is kind of a Fuad Ramsey oh, kind of it face. It totally is. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I didn't realize it until I was taking a few pictures that day. Like selfies, just kind of like sending people while I was like on set. I was like. I'm totally making the Fuad Ramsey face. Yeah, that's what I'm I, doing. I thought the same thing when I was when I was editing it uh, because it, like because I tried to hold on it for as long as I could and uh, and I was the whole time I was thinking this is that that shot from Blood Feast. Yeah, it yeah. definitely is for yeah. sure. Um, we we were we did a uh, a Herschel Gordon Lewis episode not too long ago. Uh, which we didn't watch any of the gory stuff yet. We had, we didn't get into that because uh, we chose just three random movies that I hadn't seen yet, mm-hmm. and because uh, Cagney's only seen I think Blood Feast and Wizard of Gore. Okay, so we were gonna kind of like just grab a few, and we did uh, Moonshine Mountain. Okay, uh, Scum of the Earth. Yeah, and. Oh, what was the last one? Uh, something weird. Oh yeah. So, I, I, something weird. No, that's not very. That's not a very gory movie. I think it has some gore, but like it's definitely not like Wizard of Gore or yeah. Blood Feast. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of like, I was into those. Yeah. But I was like expecting kind of to have at least one where there was some. Some guts being pulled out of somebody. Yeah, but. the the gore movies he did are, are kind of a totally different thing from the other stuff. Um, did you ever see She Devils on Wheels? His his biker movie. No, not yet. It's, it's the it's the all women biker gang movie. He I did. have. I, is it is it part of that Feast collection that Arrow it, put out? I'm sure it is. Yeah, because I have that, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch them all eventually. Yeah, that was really good, and uh, and that's got like a couple of of gory things. Yeah. in it. Well, I love biker movies in general. This is, this I haven't is, seen very many of them, but I like what I've seen. It's so. one of my favorite biker movies. I mean, it's it's kind of a piece of shit movie. Like, you know, I, I guess along the lines of a lot of his films, where it's just really cheap and amateurish, but uh, it's fun. Yeah, and, uh, and girl gang movies. Like, I'm all about the girl yeah, gang. That's, so that's my, my whole you thing, too. Girls on biker bikes, it's like, yeah, give me that. You will I'll love that, that movie. Because uh, we was Switchblade Sisters. That's what I was. One of those old school yeah. grindhouse movies I love. That's one of my favorite movies. I ever actually, made. I grabbed it one day when I was at Vizart uh, and rented it because I didn't remember that I had watched it already. Because mm-hmm. it was like a different. It was like a different cover, and it was like Quentin Tarantino presents Switchblade Sisters. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I've seen this. So I grabbed it and I got home and I put it in and I was like watching it and I was like. I've fucking seen this. I used to have this on DVD yeah. in one of those uh, drive-in classics box sets that I wish I still had. I fucking... 
kick myself every day for selling those for five bucks a piece and it's just like yeah, should those, I kept those yeah those had some good good titles some good stuff in those mm. I still got a couple of the uh, the horror ones but I got rid of the drive the drive in grindhouse ones and I yeah. was like so dumb when you're young you're dumb so, yeah yeah uh, that's true <laughs> it's the same thing with like a lot of my action figures I sold off a lot of my action figures uh, a long time ago and I'm like I sold a $150 action figure for 20 bucks. Yeah. And I was just like, no. You can't go back in time. Can't, for sure. So I just try not to think about it as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I love those uh, cheap exploitation movies from that era. And like Roger Corman stuff. Which yeah. kind of like, that's kind of what your movies uh, remind me of. It's like an, it's like an updated version of a Roger Corman film. Yeah, and, and and he's a huge influence. And somebody that I've read about a lot when I was in high school and college and and just was so enamored with the idea of, of just, like, coming up with these ideas on a shoestring and, you know, shooting a movie in, like, three days. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was so cool. And I had seen so many Roger Corman movies, like, produced and directed, but, like, uh, and didn't even know yeah. when I was, like, younger. Because uh, to me, like, I- I've always been a trauma guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, like, whenever I was, like, getting into, like, the lower budget movies, that was what I was, like, drawn to, is, like, Lloyd Kaufman stuff. The yeah. Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High. Um and even later, Tromeo and Juliet and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because to me, like, I guess that's my generation's uh, version of Roger Corman. Yeah, sure. It's Troma. Yeah. So that's like having our movie on that, on their streaming service is just like if Roger Corman had a streaming service and he picked up your you guys, uh, your stuff for, oh, yeah, for distribution. Yeah, I'd be stoked. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And, uh, and there's a lot of parallels between Troma and... Uh, Roger Corman stuff too because like so you know Roger Corman used to go out on the street with a sign with name with movie titles on it and get people to pick which one they'd rather see uh-huh. and that's how he would name the the project he was working on right and I'm like that is so good that is like the most pro wrestling carny <laughs> kind of thing to do yeah the guy's, and, the guy's a genius yeah it's insane <laughs> Uh, was the humanoids from the deep? Yes. And I just I just watched the uh, the eighties version. Oh, so good on Joe Bob with Joe Bob Briggs, and it was just like such a amazing. Movie. This movie's so gross and just oh, fucking great. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So it looks like we're at about an hour. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and do the. Our little games that we like to play when we have guests on here. Cool. Uh, actually, I do want to ask you one more question yeah. before we get into this. Uh, and it kind of ties into the this or that game. Ernest or Pee Wee? I love Jim Varney, but but I'm a Pee Wee guy all yeah. the way. Yeah. I, just, I, just, I think Pee Wee, there's something subversive about his comedy. Like, there's, there's something dark under the surface <laughs> yeah that. and uh especially like his early stuff if you see any of his like his hbo special 
from the early 80s that he did. Um, There's some pretty dark stuff in that. It's, it's pretty wild. Uh, so, yeah. Nothing nothing against Ernest, who, who I also like yeah. quite a bit, but I'm a Pee-wee guy. There, there definitely is a sort of sleaze quality to Pee-wee that isn't there with yeah. Ernest. And that's even without, like, uh, the, the the incident with Paul Rubens being yeah. well, in the picture. Well, like, uh, in that HBO special, there's a whole thing where um, they have mirrors on their shoes, so they look look up the girls' dresses that, yeah. that come to visit and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, and and it's but it's it's presented as being like a kids' show. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's 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 sleazy and fun. That's insane. That's so good. All right, so we're gonna do. This or that, just a quick kind of answer. You don't have to... You can elaborate if you want to, but you don't have to. Okay. Um, watching movies at home, alone, or with friends? With friends. Uh, the theater or at home? That's that's a hard one to say because in a lot of times I would rather watch a movie at home because I get annoyed in the theater, like people are talking and shit. Yeah. But... uh but sometimes, like, if you go see, like, a midnight movie, you know, like, you want to see that with a hundred people. There's mm. some movies that you want to see with a bunch of people. Yeah. But in general, I'd rather stay at home. Okay. Uh, horror or sci-fi? Horror, definitely. Action or drama? Action, definitely. All right. Sex comedy or coming-of-age comedy? Uh, both? <laughs> like a movie like Porky's, which yeah. I, which I think is both of those things. Yeah, yeah. So anything that 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 is both, so like hard bodies, you know, like it's like, the it's the square rectangle thing. Every sex comedy is a coming. Well, no, every coming of age. Co- no, every sex comedy is a coming of age comedy. But every coming of age comedy isn't a sex comedy. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like the ones that are both. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. I think that's a a good balance, you yeah. know, to have that raunchiness with the kind of innocence of a coming of age thing going on. Yeah, uh, which there've been a bunch come out within the past couple of years. I th- I want to say that have been really good that just kind of flew under the radar, in my opinion. Like oh, blo- yeah. uh, blockers. Have I you seen see that it. one? No. It's got John Cena in it, and mm-hmm. he's so fucking hilarious in that movie. Okay. And he butt chugs a beer. Okay. And it's just so funny. And, like, the whole premise is they find out that their daughters have this pact together to lose their virginity on prom night. Oh, shit. And so the parents go out and try to stop them. They're trying to cock block them. Yeah. So it's hilarious. Okay. And then uh, there's Booksmart, which is not necessarily a sex comedy per se, but there is some, like sexual situations that are funny in okay. it. That's more of just a, a coming of age thing in general, I feel like. But it's still a lot of fun. Um Star Wars or Star Trek? I'm a Star Wars guy. I like Star Trek. But, yeah. But Star Wars. I just I've actually just recently started watching Star Trek, the the original mm-hmm. series. So I'm like getting more into it and I'm actually st- starting to like it better than Star Wars, but I still need to watch the movies. Like, I'm getting into the series. Yeah. You know, like, I walked into Big Lots yesterday, 
just on a whim because I was like looking for like I'm always looking for different sodas that that aren't really oh, you yeah. know around. Big Lots is good for and that. Big Lots has those. So yeah. I was like, I'm gonna go see if they got some some cool ginger ales that I've never had before. Uh-huh. And they did, but that's that's not the uh, point of the story. The point of the story is I, I stumbled into their Blu-ray section, their $5 Blu-rays. I heard they've got some good stuff recently. They've got a bunch of good stuff in there. The main thing they had, though, was they had the first five uh, Star Trek movies and the two new ones, the the J.J. The Abrams ones. Oh, nice. All on Blu-ray, all marked five bucks each. But when I went up to ring them up, they were all a dollar twenty-five each, except oh, for the wow. new ones. The new ones were two fifty each. Nice. So I ended up spending twelve bucks instead of thirty-five bucks, which is what I was expecting. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, That's dude!" A score so good. Uh, Alien or the Predator? That's a tough one because I, I love both of those movies. Uh, are we just talking about the original movie, or are we talking we're about talking, the franchise? Just, I'm, I specifically am talking about the creatures here. Oh, the, the Xenomorph, creatures. Yeah, the oh, Xenomorph okay. versus the Predator. Alien. Okay. Yeah, H.R. Giger all the way. Yeah. Like, that's the shit. Um, Freddy or Jason? I'm a Freddy guy. Thank you. Like, Me too. Yeah. I am as well. Uh, no offense to Jason, but I just feel like Freddy's more entertaining. Freddy's just fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to say that because of his, like, his history. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he is. He's just funny. I mean, you know? as a, just as a character, the, yeah. just, he's just a, a fun character. Uh, Wayne and Garth or Bill and Ted? Mm, that, that's that's tough. I like both, but uh, but I'm a Wayne and Garth guy. All right, uh, John. That's, that's because I'm a Penelope Spheris guy. Yeah, like, I'm all about Penelope Spheris. Yeah, she's great. Um, Decline, all three of those are yeah, fantastic. The Decline movies, Suburbia yeah. is one of my favorite movies of all time. The Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll watch Which, uh, it. Jim Varney. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, John Claude Van Damme or Chuck Norris. That's another tough one. Um, I probably generally enjoy Chuck Norris movies more, but uh, as as far as like a like like an athlete, I I, I might like John Claude a little bit better than Chuck Chuck okay. Norris. Um, that's that's another one's really close. I might it, Chuck Norris might get the edge on that just because because uh, the movies in general are more fun. All right. Um, Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Also tough. <laughs> uh, I only ask the tough questions. Yeah, here. Stallone is is a, a better actor, and um, and has made better movies by and large. But I think Schwarzenegger is more fun. I, as much as I love First Blood, as much as I love Rocky, I'd probably rather watch Commando. So, okay. so I'm gonna go Schwarzenegger. I'm a big last action hero guy. That's yeah. like one of my yeah. comfort movies. That's great. Yeah. So uh, that's that was really close. Slight edge to Schwarzenegger on that. All right. Uh, Sling Blade or Forrest Gump? Sling Blade forever. Yeah, all day. All right, and then this is the subgenre breakdown. I'm just gonna list off subgenres, and you kind of give me your favorite movie or whatever comes to mind, whichever you want to do. Okay. Uh, slasher. Uh, Black Christmas, the original. That's that's by far my favorite. Um, Pieces is is 
high up there. You, that, don't, you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw no, massacre. No, you don't. You, know, you can have it in, in it's, Boston. It's AKA exactly what we think it is. <laughs> pieces. Um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, the original Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, the Burning is, is high up. Um, My Bloody Valentine is, is way high up there, especially when they re-released it uh, with all the cut gore footage. Yeah. Like, you got, you got to get the version that has all the, the gore footage, like, reinstated to it. But that movie's so fun. I like, I mean, I think I might like My Bloody Valentine more than Friday the 13th. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Black Christmas, like, I mean, just the prototypical slasher movie. Uh, it basically defined all the tropes of the genre and... Uh, and it's one of the few that just really just is legitimately scary. Like you w- watch that movie and you just you really get creeped out watching yeah. it. I love all the, the the dirty talk on the phone. It's just so all the phone calls are just just so creepy. Yeah, and uh, and even the camera work, like the the lens that they use for the the killer's point of view, uh, just sort of like flattens everything out in this weird way and this is really disorienting uh yeah that's that's number one trucker movies trucker movies um smoking the bandit count is a trucker yeah, movie anything where a main character is driving a truck yeah is prob- a trucker movie. probably smoking the bandit but also um Road Games, the JC yeah, movie, yeah, 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 with Jamie Lee Curtis and yeah. Stacey Keach, yeah, yeah, that that like like one of those two. Those They're are kind of two those good choices. Two yeah. very different kind of movies. Yeah, uh, Surfer movie, uh, Surf Two with <laughs> yeah. Eddie Deason. You were telling me about that when we were uh, hanging out after the the uh, the signing event. I was like. So there's no surf one. There's no just surf, surf one. Two. Just surf two, and it's just a fucked up weird movie. Actually, I've got the uh, the VHS of it is just sitting out right here. This is uh, surf two, the <laughs> end of the trilogy. The, the end of the trilogy. Yeah. So which, there's not a trilogy. There's only, there's one. only one movie. Yeah. It's called Surf Two. Yeah, and it's. Uh, the movie, the movie that gives insanity a bad name. Boingo, boingo. We got some good song, good music here. Oh, yeah, and, and that's supposedly what held it up forever yeah. from uh, getting released on getting DVD. getting licensing. Yeah, there was, like, all these music issues, but uh, it just recently got put that's out amazing. On, on Blu-ray. But that's the VHS. Yeah, I'm going to have to give that one a look for sure. Uh, Kung Fu movie or Ninja movie? Oh, uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know the premise, because I've, I've, I'm a Wu-Tang fan, so I've been all about the... Do yourself a favor. That movie is just so fucked up and weird and amazing soundtrack. Just everything about it kicks ass. All right. Westerns. Westerns, uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, you know, any Sergio Leone, um... A more obscure one that I really like is called The Great Silence. It has Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. Yeah. Is in it. Um, that's a, a real good kind of weird one. 
revenge movies. Revenge movies is that's one of my favorite genres, especially. I, I I tend to gravitate towards female revenge movies, so uh, I spit under grave. Uh, Miss Forty Five by oh, Abel Ferrara. That's just such a badass movie. Um, you know, I, I love all the the Charles Bronson like you know the Death Wish movies, but uh, but yeah, like like oh and um uh. Female Convict Scorpion, uh, that series yeah, out of Japan. Yeah, the second one, especially the second Female Convict Scorpion. That's one of the best movies ever made. Nice. Uh, stoner movies. Stoner movies. Um, it you know any like the first three Cheech and Chong movies, but um, I don't know if it does. Does Fast Times Original High count as a stoner movie? Uh, like just because of Jess Bacoli, uh Sean Penn's character, I think is just like the best portrayal of a stoner like in any movie it. ever. Okay, yeah, cool. Because I mean, it seems like a movie that a lot of stoners enjoy. Yeah. So maybe if the, even if the main characters aren't necessarily all stoners, it's yeah. kind of uh, ingrained in that culture. Yeah, you know? but mo- mostly because of Sean Penn, his character in that is oh, he's I, so good. In that. Like, like that's just that's. The best stoner character of all time, and he's like a—he's kind of a side character in that movie. But a lot of people—that's what they remember from the yeah. movie is Spicoli. Yeah, totally. So. Like, like even like when it came out, I remember like everybody just thought like, "Oh, that's <clears throat> that's the Jeff Spicoli movie." Yeah, but yeah, he totally is just like this peripheral character. Mm-hmm. Uh, zombies. The the original trilogy. From George Romero, so Night of the Living Dead, like like I just have to put that at the top because if that didn't exist, nothing else would. Yeah. If if that didn't exist, I wouldn't exist because my parents went to see that at the drive-in on their first date. Nice. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. So to me, <laughs> that movie is very important. It's a romantic movie. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead uh, is, is like, I mean, I probably like Dawn of the Dead better. But I still got to give the edge to the night. Um, uh, Della Morte, Della More, Cemetery Man. Have you seen that? No, dude. That's that's like way up on my list. It's a little bit of a comedy. It's an Italian movie. It was made by um, Michele Soavi, who was a okay. protege of Dario Argento. Um, it's really fucking weird. It has, it has one of my three favorite movie endings of all time. It's probably like my second favorite movie ending of all time. It's just really existential and weird. Nice. Uh, werewolves. Sorry. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Like, it's no contest. Yeah, like, that's that's the, okay. the best werewolf movie ever made. What about vampires? Uh, my favorite vampire movie... That's a tough one because there's so many good ones, uh, but Blood for Dracula. Uh, it, it's also known as Andy Warhol's Dracula. Okay, yeah, yeah. I keep, I, I've heard about it. I've never watched yeah, it before, though. Uh, directed by Paul Morrissey, starring Udo Kier. Um, just a really strange, quirky little vampire movie. All right, found footage. Found footage. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust. That's 
I, that's the king daddy yeah. of found footage. I'm not a fan. Uh, not a fan? Is, is it, it the animal a, stuff? Or, or no, no, I just don't think it's a good movie. Okay. I, I, I don't. And none, of, none of it really shocks me all that much. Yeah. Especially since I watched it as an adult. I didn't yeah. watch it when I was younger and had that whole mystique about it. But, like, sure. uh, I, I think that's one of those generational things, too, because, like, people typically older are more you know, into it than people my age. Yeah, well, and part of that is, is you know, at the time, that was just the most over-the-top, yeah. crazy shit imaginable. And if you saw that at, a, at an impressionable age, it was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, shit, and I, and I definitely so have an appreciation for its cultural significance yeah. as well. But to me, when I when I first watched it, I was just like, this is the movie... Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could, I could see that with everything that's come mm-hmm. since. Uh, it's not even my favorite cannibal movie, but uh, my favorite cannibal movie is uh, Cannibal Ferox. Have you yeah. seen that? I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Also known as Make Them Die Slowly. Yeah. That that one's just it's really sleazy and it's super fucked up. Mm-hmm. But uh, found footage has has never been one of my favorite genres. Uh, to begin yeah, with, same. I, I'm very peculiar with the found footage movies. Yeah, uh, I enjoy the the VHS uh, series. Have you mm-hmm. seen any of those? Yeah, I saw the first one, and the, I thought the second. Really I think the second one is better than the first one. Okay, I need but to look at three. That. Is kind of weak, but it's still pretty good because it's more. Three takes more of a kind of. Uh, almost internet like dark web kind of approach to it so mm-hmm. it's like internet videos almost yeah uh which is it's fine and it, it has good segments but as a, as an overall thing i didn't enjoy it as much as the first two okay i'll check out that uh, second they've got a new one coming to shutter soon okay that's gonna be like uh i think it's from the guys who did the original maybe okay i don't don't quote me on that because i don't know for sure but yeah those are some of my favorite ones and then hosts that came out last year that they shot during the pandemic uh, all shot over zoom uh-huh i think that one's a good one because it's it's so uh it's so genuine mm. because most of the actors in the movie were friends in real life yeah so it was kind of like just them having this zoom call meeting and they were doing like a seance and everything starts going wacky like it does when you're messing with spirits and movies mm-hmm. uh and it's a it's less than an hour long so it's an easy watch yeah. as well as being very entertaining and effective so okay that's a one of my favorite found footages also I'll check that out and i think i got one more let me look i got a couple more but i'm only gonna do one more what about uh your favorite sports movie uh. <laughs> um, over the top. I'll I'll count it. I'll allow it. Yeah, I mean, arm, arm wrestling wrestling's a sport yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's uh my favorite arm wrestling trucker movie. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah kind of hit, hits both of those, yep. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That that that's probably it. That's that's a fun movie. I, I I like that in that movie. What would typically be the love interest is is his son. Yeah, like 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 if, if you if you break down just like a generic movie script, uh, 
who who plays what role like everything that the son does like generally is is what would be the love interest in a typical movie yeah yeah and 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 once you sort of realize that 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 the the son is 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 kind of hitting those those notes in the plot it becomes really fucked up <laughs> <clears throat> We actually did a uh, an episode on that uh, not too long ago, a, a double feature back in I think April mm-hmm. with uh, another arm wrestling trucker movie. Which I didn't up until recently there wasn't another arm wrestling trucker movie. There wasn't even another arm wrestling movie in general, except for I think a documentary mm-hmm. about a Japanese arm wrestler dude called Golden Arm. It just came out. Uh, I think it came out in April, mm-hmm. so that's why we did that. We did the. Uh, I think it was the week it premiered. We did that episode with 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 Over the Top and Golden Arm, and it's pretty much a remake of Over the Top, except for it's best friends instead of a son and a father. Okay, and it's it's hilarious. I think uh, it's it's Mary Holland from. Uh, geez, she has these bit parts on a lot of stuff, but she's a, a, a upright. She's a UCB. Uh, alumni mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of recognizable faces in it and like uh have you seen greener grass no oh man that's a whole other thing like I, I could go on and we could just have another conversation for an hour about greener grass uh i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you about it right now because it's so so good it's such a weird little fucking movie, uh-huh. and uh, IFC Midnight put it out, and it's just it's uh, Jocelyn Byer wrote and directed it, I think, and she also starred in it. Could be wrong about that though; she might have just wrote and starred in it. Uh, but it's just so fucking weird. It's like this whole subversion of uh, suburbia, mm-hmm. the modern version of suburbia. Yeah, and everybody has fucking braces. And they're all always, like, that fake, happy, smiling uh, thing. And then there's, like, uh, there's this, this weird thing with the kid, and it's so fucking amazing. You just got to watch it, because I, if, if I tell you anything else, it's going to spoil it. Because it's just, like, it's like polyester if it was made today. Okay. But without the... Uh, Without the infidelity of the... Well, I don't... It's been a while since I've seen it, so there might be some infidelity going on. But uh, it's definitely odd. Like, in the first scene of the movie, this woman is telling another woman who how beautiful her baby is, and she says, do you want it? <laughs> and just gives it to her. She gives her a baby. And that sets the tone for the entire okay. thing. And it's just... From there, it just progressively gets more and more... That shit crazy. Okay. And it's it's great. So, yep, and that's the takeaway of today's episode. Everybody should go watch Greener Grass. It's on my list now. Uh, thank you for allowing me to come into your home and, and punish you for an hour and a half. This has been awesome. Uh, I think it's going to be one of my better episodes, for sure. Cool. Especially from the interviews, um, which we haven't been able to do much of interviews lately because of all the COVID stuff, but uh, I definitely appreciate you letting me come and bother you for a little while. Thanks for doing it, man. This is awesome.
yeah thank you guys all for listening as always check us out on patreon patreon.com slash martell's movie madness uh instagram and facebook at martell's movie madness twitter at movie madness 69 and i think that about covers it so until next time let's watch some fucking movies looks like you survived the movie madness congratulations come back next week for more chills thrills and spine tingling tales of terror and movies because that's what makes the world go round